Hi, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Great Commission Community Church. Um, each week, we are gathered with an invitation from God to meet with him, which we call a call to worship. This worship is a corporate participatory service where we express together the truth of who God is, what he has done, and what our collective response is to him. We do this every Sunday through our singing, sharing Christ's peace with one another, celebrating what God is doing in the life of our local church and the church around the world, giving our offerings, hearing God's word preached, and speaking our requests and confessions to the Lord. And we believe that the Holy Spirit is here meeting us and forming us to be more like Christ together as we do these things. And so, friends, as Psalm 34 declares, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Um, as you are able, please stand as we sing. Sing of your love forever. 
churches have done this for a long time, for millennia, called Passing the Peace of Christ. And this is not just saying hi to someone, um, it is actually naming and saying out loud together that the peace of Christ we sing about and rejoice in, as well as hope for, is a real thing. Um, so rather than just saying hi, please make sure you say peace of Christ to you, to the people around you. And in a short moment, Pastor Chris will be coming up to share some things happening in our church. Hello. Yes. Yes. Welcome to, to Sunday service. We're so happy you guys are worshiping with us uh, this morning and that you guys got here all right with the Army 10-miler. But today I woke up and checked the temperature and was like, oh my gosh, fall is upon us. It's like 53 degrees. Um, because I'm from California, I busted out my, my puffy jacket. So don't judge me if you see the puff, me walking around with a puffy jacket because 50 degrees is, is chilly. But we're so happy you guys are worshiping with us this morning. Uh, just a few things happening in our community. One, uh, we're a church that really believes in the power of prayer. And so every Tuesday night, we pray together as a church on Zoom at 8 p.m. Uh, would love it if we can just, if you guys can join us together as a church, just praying uh, together. Uh, in two Sundays on October 22nd, We'll be going, each site actually, Arlington and Tyson's, will be going on our respective prayer walks around our community. Uh, and the emphasis is on, is on walking and not running. Uh, but the purpose of our walk is to get to know our neighborhood a little better. To, as we're walking around, walking and talking and praying, that we will get to know who our neighbors are who lives here, who works here, who plays here. Uh, and uh, we'll split up into just a small handful of, of, of groups um, 
or the groups are, are small, uh, and we'll have different routes that we'll be taking. And what it'll look like is that as we're going along these routes, uh, we'll, we'll pray for the neighborhood. Uh, we'll pray for the neighborhood for them to experience all the good things uh, of Christ and for them to, to follow him. Um, but uh, that, that praying will look like uh, you're, you're, just, you're just walking and talking with, with that small group of people uh, with, with your eyes open. Uh, and here and there, you'll, you'll say prayers. And so what it won't look like is us uh, stopping in front of an apartment building, uh, holding hands in a circle, and then everyone yelling prayers together. Uh, so it, it won't look like that. It, it'll look like just a very, we're just walking. We're walking and hanging out with groups, uh, and we're just, as we're walking and talking with our people, we're just saying prayers here and there. Um, people who see us on the street probably wouldn't know uh, we're praying. But again, the purpose is so for us to just get to know our, our neighborhood a little better. Um, college and grad students. Uh, on October Saturday, October 28th, we're going to a museum and gelato outing. And so uh, we're going to Planet Word. Uh, in the word of, of one of our interns, Grace Dia, uh, she said, she told me this past week, that this was hands down the best museum she's ever been to. And so that's, that's some high praise. So if, if, if you love words, if you love museums, if you love exploring, if you love the fall weather, uh, come and hang out Saturday, October 28th. Uh, for more info, you can come and talk to me. Uh, last but not least, October 29th, we're going to have a joint service with Tyson's. Uh, it's going to be focusing on uh, missions and our international partnerships. And hopefully, it energizes us for these partnerships. Uh, and in a moment, Pastor Jonathan will, will share some more things. But basic logistics, so three Sundays, October 29th, is going to be at our, where Tyson's meets. That's Marshall High School. Uh, it's going to be at 10.30 a.m. And it's about 20, 25-minute drive from here. Uh, we, we know that, that the drive is, is a little bit of a trek, you know, out to Tyson's. Um, but we'll set up a GCCC Uber ride schedule. Uh, if anyone wants to catch a ride or, or needs a ride, or if you want just to, just to hang out, just, just to hang out with some people and make this like, kind of like a church outing together, there's, there's some fun things to do around Tyson's that I've learned. There's a, there's a Trader Joe's right there, you know, because there's not a Trader Joe's right here. So if you love Trader Joe's snacks, those snacks are good. If you want to do some groceries after, there's Tyson's Mall right there. There's, there's some good food role, role, role play role play. That place is pretty good. Um, but uh, we, we actually have a short video to, to hype up us going to this mission Sunday that Pastor Carl and I went, we, we drove there together this past week to see what the experience would be like. And so this is a little bit of what a ride there can look like. Hey. Yo, you ready? What's good? Let's go. Dame time in Milwaukee. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm so excited. Can't believe it. How do you feel about Austin Reeves? Ooh, he's him. He's him. Really? He's him. 
This spot has good strawberry matcha drinks and some popcorn chicken. Trader Joe's after church, we can get some groceries too. Yeah, I love those little chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> this is the smallest Trader Joe's parking lot I've ever seen. What is going on right here? <laughs> this parking lot is crazy. <laughs> you know, it's, it's those Virginia, Maryland. Look at All right, here we are. Made it. A sh shout out to Tony, who was uh, in the backseat filming us. Uh, and it, it, we had a lot of fun doing it. Um, but yes, even though that, that video was fun, uh, well, I, I thought it was fun. I don't know if you guys thought it was fun. It was fun making it. Um, we really do believe in what God is doing in our church, through our church, especially with our international partnerships. And so we would love it if just our, our church can get together uh, and be a part of, learn about how God is using our church for that purpose. Um, uh, we're going to continue our worship with, with offering. Uh, and uh, we give our offering, which is our financial giving to Christ Church and Christ's cause. Uh, we do, our church does it online. Uh, if you need to learn how to do that, you can find it on our website. Uh, but on Sundays, uh, when we get together, we pray and dedicate that offering together. Uh, so let me say a prayer for us. Uh, God, I thank you uh, that you have called us your people, to steward the things that you have created. God, thank you that you have given our church so much resources. God, not so that we can use it for our glory or our name, but God, that we can use it, God, for your glory and your name. God, may you use our finances, God, to do that. God, for the good of our communities, for the good of your name, that God, that people ultimately would come to know you through it. So God, come and help us be responsible, God-honoring stewards for you. God, thank you. God, come be in our service today. We welcome your spirit to come and minister to us here. God, thank you. We praise you. God, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, please welcome Pastor Jonathan as he comes up, and he'll share about our, our joint service again and then go through our passage in Genesis 2. Okay, I'm trying to keep my Bible open at the very beginning. Doesn't want to do that. All right. Um, so uh, one of the hats I wear for our church is uh, kind of missions pastor. So this is actually a very like important thing for us. Part of that is, is part of the things that we just saying is that we honestly believe that God and that Jesus is like the best thing that's ever happened to us, and that we want everyone to have a chance to experience the blessing, the hope, the peace, the life that comes through Christ. Um, and the reality of why we even do missions is that we know that there are places and people groups in this world who honestly don't have very much, if any, access to even hear about who Jesus is. Um, and so part of our desire as a church and as a denomination 
uh, and the alliance is to at least give people the option to say yes or no to Jesus, um, that they could at least hear and have the opportunity to be exposed to who Jesus is, and that's part of what we want to do. Obviously, our hope is that they come and say yes to Jesus, as is one of our core values as a church, is that we want to see many people experience new life in Christ and all the blessings that come with that. Um, and so we get really excited for our missions week. Part of that is when we have these missions weeks, it's not just like we're sitting up here and you just hear me or one of our pastors talk. We actually have um, international workers who are working with our denomination who are here with us for the week. So some of your small groups will have them with you for that small group time. We'll have uh, a women's art night at, and the Vienna Community Center for any women who want to just come and kind of see some of the things that they do overseas uh, with one of the workers. We'll have a kids event on Saturday as well that's going on. And then Sunday, we're all together, excited to, to worship together. But then also we're going to be hearing, seeing some videos from some of our other partners. The, the couple that's here with us will be there for kind of an interview. Still. We'll hear about what God's doing. It's also just really great to have a moment to stop and pause and see like what God is doing in other places. Uh, it's very easy to get focused just on like what is happening here for us and forget that God is big enough that he can be uh, on the move in other places. And, and so we'll hear more about all those kinds of stories. So we really do encourage you. I know it might be a bit of a trek. It might be a bit harder, but we would love to see you because this is kind of like we can't just do it next week kind of thing. There's the people here from a different part of the world who will be with us that week. So we'd love to invite you into that time. And so that's kind of more about what's happening and why it's happening. And uh, we're excited to be a part of that. And uh, if you always have any more questions about that or missions in general or how we're doing it and the way we go about it, I would love to have a chance to talk with you about all of those things. Uh, but today, as we continue to look at our service uh, and what we're doing, um, I remember when I was in like seventh grade, um, I, they, you know, we were in classes, they used whiteboards. I remember they were using like, I don't know what color ink they were using on the whiteboard, but they're doing stuff on the whiteboard. I remember like, I can't really see it. And I remember having to like grab my chair and kind of like embarrassingly like walk till I was like super close to the words. I was like, okay, now I can actually take my notes. And so it was like, I think I need glasses, right? So I remember my mom took me. We're like, okay, we're going to go get glasses. And we were walking in after doing a test. The glasses are ready. And I remember walking. It was like the strip mall area. And I could see, like, I guess signs, right? But they didn't say anything. So I walked in. I got my glasses. And I walked out. And I remember looking up at these signs and realized, you mean there are words on those signs? Like, it actually says something. And I remember thinking, like, this changes like everything, like I can actually see. Like, it didn't actually change anything. Nothing in reality had changed, and my perspective of it had completely been re like changed because I was like, I can now see things that I didn't know existed, and especially for words and things, it was very helpful. And, and that's kind of what we're doing with this series that we've been on as we're looking at like biblical worldview. Um, it's not that anything has necessarily changed, but our perspective and how we look at life and how we look at the world hopefully will change as we begin to understand, hey, this is how God has designed things or invited us into things to look at the world. And we've been looking at different things of creation and who God is. And we're actually continuing kind of our second part today of like, what does it mean to be part of like people who are made in the image of God? Um, and so we're, we're going to continue to look at that um, today through um, Genesis chapter two, through some of the verses there. Um, and so we're going we're gonna to look 
uh, sort of at that. So we're going to pick it up um, actually in verse 1 in Genesis chapter 2 um, and see some of the things that we can, can look. This is not going to be an entire exhaustive everything we can learn, but we're just going to pull out a few things. So let me read. This is from Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Obviously, God's referring to just making everything and creating all, all life. So these are the generations of the heavens and the earth with, um, when they were created, in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, when no bush on the, of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. And a mist was going up from the land, and was watering the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed and out of the ground. And the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant um, to the sight and the good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first is the Kishon. It is, in, it is the one that flowed around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. Um, Bedalim and Onkstone are there. The name of the second river is the Gihon. It is, that, it is the one that flowed around the whole land of Cush. And the name of the third river is the Tigris, which flows east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. We're just going to pause there. Um, today I want us to kind of look at, as we, we think about this, when we think about being made in God's image, part of what we're talking about is that if we're made in God's image, is that we're like to ref we reflect who God is. And so part of our understanding of then who we are is determined by a perspective that says if we're to reflect who God is like, then how he operates, who he is, what it is like to be God is also kind of where we're taking our cues of like, okay, this is part of how we're supposed to be or who we're supposed to be or how we're supposed to operate. And so part of what we see from Genesis 1 and 2 here, uh, it kind of is at the end, tail end of this, though, is that God took six days, is what it says, and he says, and he made all these things and he worked and he did this work, right? And so he's done this. And then actually, there are two times in the verses that I read there, um, in verse 5, where it says, hey, there was no man to work the ground, which is why there weren't small bushes or things. It said he wasn't there. Another way of that work could be like cultivate. So there's this idea here of like, man wasn't around yet to, to bring this up. And then at the verse 15, he says, actually, God put them there, and he told them to work and keep this garden that he had put them in. Um, and so we see first, in the first chapter, we see that God spent all this time, and he's working, creating all things, right? Bringing all life to being, and he's doing all of these things, and that's how God did. And then he said, okay, on the seventh day, he rested. But what I think we can see here is that God worked, right? And then not only did he work, he invited uh, all of humanity to work as well, right? And that's part of what he's invited us into. And the second thing we'll get to in a minute is that he rested, Right. And so I think when we think about being made in God's image, there are really two things we're just looking at today, which is that God kind of invites us into his rhythms, which is 
that he works and he rests, right? Very basic thing here, right? He works and he rests. But let's just unpack a little bit of what that looks like because I think for us there's a problem. Uh, first of all, with work, right? Because of what happens in Genesis 3 and sin and brokenness and all these things entering into, work actually gets cursed. Um, and I think we all experience that. Um, some of us, maybe you're like, man, I'm in the best job I've ever had. I love working. I love going to work every day. Awesome. I, I congratulate you. Some of you, maybe you have experiences more like I've had in different places. I remember once I was in Minnesota. Uh, I was working in this job. I worked in the back. I don't know if you know there's a back of a Target, but there are, and there are no windows. And it was the winter of Minnesota. I would get there in the morning. The sun was not up. I, there were no windows. I would leave in the night at like 4 o'clock. The sun was already down. No one was in the back with me. I just took the things off the shelf that the, the system said had been sold so that I could put them on a cart so somebody else could come and put them back on the shelf and then usually bring them back and say, I don't know what's wrong with the system, but you can just put this right back. That was like my daily job, right? So you're like, man, that doesn't feel good, right? It doesn't feel good. And there's all kinds of experience that we have where, well, man, work just doesn't feel right. I think to pick up two things I think that are a problem with work for us is that often one thing is for work, we view it as sort of just about surviving. Like this is just like, hey, I need to work to, to feed myself, to pay the bills, to do these things. And like when we think of work, that's often what comes to mind. Like I just got to do it. So it's just what it is. Right. And so it's kind of this thing that we suffer through. Like, I, I guess I have to do this. And honestly, for some of us, because that's our outlook, Often when we're thinking of work, it's just like, when is the earliest I can possibly retire? Like, that's the goal of work is just to be like, I'm going to do this till I don't have to do it anymore. And I'm so glad when I don't have to do this anymore. That's what we think of as work. But that's not actually, I think, what God intended when he's saying, I'm inviting you into this process. All right. I think another problem with work is this, is that for many of us, work becomes a source of purpose and meaning for our life. They're like, this is it. All of our meaning sometimes, or so much of our meaning gets wrapped up into like, no, no, this is how I define myself. This is how I'm defining the success of my life or whether I'm a good, like, prosperous person or all these things, and it's wrapped up into the idea of work. But I think one of the other things that uh, Pastor Carl alluded to a little bit, Pastor Steve actually talked about this a lot uh, at Tyson's last week, but the reality is, as image bearers of God, we are supposed to find our meaning, our purpose, our value in Him. The fact that we bear His image and are His people and are His children, are created uh, like Him, that's where we find our meaning, our purpose, our value from. So the fact that we're finding that from work is actually something that was not intended. All right? And so I think the thought of like just survivability and just like the meaning. Those are actually not things that I think God intended to us to find from that, that place of work because God intended us to find meaning and purpose in him. And he continues to want us to find meaning and purpose in him. And I think the other thing we need to look at is this, okay, especially when it comes to like just survivability. When we, when we acknowledge that God created everything, that was his work, right? His work was that he created all of these things. First of all, as we kind of looked at in, in previous weeks, God didn't need to create anything. God already existed, and he existed, as we looked at, in a community. He needed nothing. He was perfect. He is perfect. He will be perfect. And he had no need. He has no need of us or anything that he created. 
So it's not like, you know, some like Greek mythology kind of situation where it's like, oh, I only exist because I'm like the God of fire and I'm giving you fire. Or if my worshipers cease to worship me or something, I have no more power or something like that. So I need you. Like, no, there's no mythological thing like that. God was perfect in who he was and who he is and who will always be. And he didn't need any of it. Right. So when he's working, it's not because it's a need or a survivability type thing. It's just something that he wanted to do. So when we think of like God working, the picture that we should have is like God did this because he enjoyed it, because he wanted to, because there was desire in him to say like, I just, I am a creative being and I want to create stuff. And so we created a myriad of things, a multitude of things, all the kinds of creatures and different stuff. And he, desired, he did it because he wanted to and he enjoyed it. And so he's like, wow, this is awesome. So I think when we come to work, I think what we need to understand is this, is that when God invites us into work, I think what God is really inviting us into is to shape the world. And, and I'm getting that from this story that's kind of poetic here in, in Genesis, but you see that in that verse 5 where it says, hey, let me just read it again. It says, when no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and... There was no man to work the ground. It's kind of a really curious thing, right? God made everything. He's, he's just speaking things into, into being, galaxies into being with the word. Why can't there be small plants? Like, that doesn't seem to make sense, right? Obviously, God could have just been like, yeah. And actually, the next verses after this is like, and he just caused all the, like, good fruit trees that bear fruit to just come out of the ground. But this piece was like, actually, I didn't get to that. I didn't do that part. And I think if you understand God's heart here, it's not that he's incapable. It's not that he doesn't necessarily want to do it. It's because God was inviting us as his image bearers to say, come join me in my work of creating and shaping the world. I have left spaces for you to put your stamp as my image bearers on what this world looks like. So I'm inviting you to cultivate, to work, to serve this land, to bring forth something that you have decided this is how I'm going to do this. And God has invited humanity into saying, hey, I want you to help me shape this world. I want to have you be a part of this. And that's what he's inviting us into. So even when he comes to the verse 15, where he says, hey, I put you here to work and keep the grounds. You know, those words in the Hebrew could also were often used as a way of like uh, serving God and like keeping his commandments. So like it was often used in the temple language. So even when God's asking us and inviting us into this, it's not just this, hey, I've got to do this. It's here's an invitation as an image bearer of God to be used by him to help shape the world. And that's sort of the picture that God's giving us. I don't know about you, but for me, that, that changes how I look at work. It changes how I think of like, oh, wait, wait, I've been created by God and asked by God and invited by God that I could help shape what this world is like. Now, all of a sudden, I'm like, that sounds more exciting to me. It sounds a lot more exciting than just taking something off a shelf and putting it on a, on a cart and then getting it right back in an hour and saying, I'm just going to redo this process over and over again. That doesn't feel good. Going to the office every day in a monotonous way to just go, this is all life's about. That doesn't feel good. But if I start to think about, no, I've been made and created in God's image to help shape this world and bring to life things that reflect his glory, 
things that honor him. Now, for some of you, you might be saying like, okay, yeah, this is easy. Why? Because maybe you're people who are like, you're, you're an artist. You create things. You bring beauty into the world. Maybe you're making policy that makes difference in people's lives. You're bringing out forth technology that shapes the world. And for you, you can say, like, okay, yeah, I can see how I'm helping shaping the world. But for some of us, maybe you're like, I don't get it. You're like me. You're like, my job, no one knows that this thing happens. And it doesn't seem to have much benefit. But I think there's also a way that there's the thing of like what we tangibly produce that shapes the world. But there's also the reality of just how do we shape the world with like how we go about work? How do we shape the world in the ways in which we impact the lives of the people that we interact with? See, because there's a way to go to work. And we've all, been, we've all either been that person or know that person, you know, who goes to work and every word out of their mouth is like a complaint, right? Like, why do we have to do this? I don't like this. Management's horrible. Whatever it is, there's always a complaint that gets that. And you know, if you've been around that person, you don't want to work anymore. Like, in that environment, you're just like, get me out of here. And you're probably finding yourself agreeing, like, yeah, that is, that is bad. I don't, I don't want to do that. Then there's the other person that you meet, you know, the one who's always chipper and happy and comes to work with a smile. And sometimes you might be a little annoyed, but if you're honest with yourself, at the end of the day, you're kind of like, I like working here more when I'm around that person because they're always excited and happy. And all you can think, you keep getting inundated with like, oh, that's, that's, good, that's good stuff. It's like, okay, yeah, it's not so bad. Both of those people are shaping the cultural context of the work environment for that team, right? They're, they're both shaping something. It might not be that we produced an actual tangible thing you can feel, but there's a way that both those people are shaping part of what's happening for the world. And I think one of the things that we could see for us, no matter what your job is, is how are you bringing and cultivating into your workplace to shape the world in ways that God would desire, in ways that reflect his glory. And one of the ways that we simply can do that is even just working with excellence. Not necessarily about like, oh, hey, this is like I'm telling you about Jesus or not, but just coming and saying, hey, this is where I'm at. This is my current job, and I'm going to shape this place by coming with all that I am and doing it in a way that honors God so that no matter what happens, I'm doing this in, in a way to honor who the Lord is. And so part of who we are as image bearers of God is those who've been invited to shape the world. And I just want to say this too, is that this then doesn't mean just a job, right? Our work is not just a job. Our work is to help shape the world, to cultivate it, to bring forth the life of Christ in, in, in whatever way is possible in our world. So that means after we retire, that work doesn't go away. You're still able to shape the world in whatever different ways that God leads you to do it. And so our work is not actually just tied up into what job you may or may not have, what occupation you may or may not have. Our job and our work that God actually invited us into is how can we join him in shaping the world as he first gave to the first man and woman in the beginning. And I think in a lot of ways, God hasn't rescinded that invitation. And so I hope that maybe today you can see a little bit that for work, God is inviting you to say, come join me in shaping the world. Come join me in bringing forth the goodness of God in your community, in your environment, in different ways, in whatever ways that works, that that's part of what we're called to do as those who work. Uh, the second piece here is that God rested. 
Um, I mean, it says it there a couple of times in the beginning. He stopped work, and he saw that it was good, and he rested. This is actually where we get the, the Sabbath from, um, this idea that God stopped and he rested. And it was very important. And God actually invites all of his people to say, no, I want you to do this. And he actually makes it a commandment. So let me just read from um, Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 for us here. It says, remember the Sabbath day, which is the seventh day, he said to keep holy. He says, to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do not do any work. You or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, um, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. I don't know if you, you've noticed this. If you go look in that, that's the Ten Commandments where God's giving all these major rules for his people, kind of like the most important ones. Um, there's like 14 verses. Four of them are just for the Sabbath. Like, this is a big deal to God. All right? Now, for some of us, maybe you've heard this before, and you're like, yeah, yeah, I know we're supposed to Sabbath. And for some of us, I know, for me, sometimes it feels like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed to keep a Sabbath. And you know what? It feels like a chore. It feels like something I have to work at, like, oh, my goodness, I'm supposed to rest. I'm supposed to do this thing. I don't really get it, but whatever. I guess I should do it. It's a big deal. But I think we don't really get what God is doing here. Um, and I want us to kind of, you know, we're coming back to Genesis 2. Um, what God actually does is this, right? He creates everything, and then he stops. And he looks, and he says, man, this is good. Actually, when it says rest, it's really more of a, a word there in the Hebrew that's talking about, like, ceasing activity. Like, stopping what you are doing, which makes space for something else. Right? So when it's not just this idea of, like, rest, it's like, okay, go sleep. Because if we're honest, and, and I think some of us have done this, I know I've done this, you know, we say, okay, I'm supposed to rest, it's a Sabbath, so we'll go, and we're like, okay, I slept a lot, I binge-watched my favorite show, I played all my favorite games, read a book, did all these things, and then at the end of the day, you're like, okay, I guess I rested, right? But that's not really what God's talking about here, right? And if we're honest with ourselves, as far as our soul kind of goes, the days that we just like binge-watched everything or whatever your favorite hobby is, and that's all you did, often we don't feel restored at the end of the day. We kind of almost feel more tired. It's like, why? I just rested. Why do I feel like I need to rest another day? Um, but I think it's partially because we don't get what God is doing here. See, what God is inviting us into is he's inviting us to rest like in his goodness. See, because what God actually does, he doesn't, because God's not tired, right? When God's doing this, remember, we're made in his image. This is what God is doing. So when he says, I made this day and I set it apart for rest, God wasn't tired. He wasn't weary. He didn't need to restore his energy after creating everything. That's not who God is. So what God is actually inviting us into, what he does is he stops and takes a day to say, man, I'm going to enjoy the goodness that I just made. That's really what God's doing here. He's saying, look, I stopped, not because he had to, not because he needed to, because he said, I want to stop and enjoy all these things that I just made. And I want to dwell in that space and just look at it and be like, wow, this is awesome. This is good. I'm going to enjoy this moment. And I think this is like in the rhythm of what God is and who he does. This is what he's inviting us into. First, he's inviting us to shape the world with him. And then he's saying, I want you to take a weekly day where you're stopping your regular activity to make space to rest and stop and enjoy the goodness that we've just created. 
the goodness of the Lord that we witness in the world around us. And part of that is even for him, I think he's saying, hey, if you've been with me, if you've been working with me in shaping this world so that the goodness of the Lord would be more present and more evident in the world around us, he's saying, hey, let's stop this day. And let's reflect and enjoy and look at all the ways that we see where God is good and all the things that God has done in our life in this last week or in this season and be able to rest in that goodness and say, wow, isn't God good? Isn't my life with God good? And that is the invitation into rest. It's not just, hey, don't work. It's, no, Stop what you're doing and make space to dwell in his goodness, to remember his goodness and to think through all that he has done. And that's the invitation to make space for that. To make space to remember who he is and what he's done and to join him in celebrating what is happening. That, that's our invitation. To dwell in that goodness. I, I got to be honest. I think this is something that most of us uh, often struggle with. Um, I know even for myself as a church, I've heard this many times. Uh, we've witnessed this many times. We actually did a thing last spring on evaluating our church. And we realized we're not good at celebrating. You just kind of like, what do you mean you're not good at celebrating? Yeah, it's true. We're not that great at celebrating. And actually, as a people, often we're not. You know why? Because we'll do something. It'll be like, oh, that was good. We work at it. And then even in our work schedule, it's the same kind of thing. You finish your project, and then what do you do? Start the next project. And as a church, often that's what we do. It's like, oh, we just keep going. And then, like, for me, even in my own life, I've seen this, where it's like, man, I just, I worked. You did something. It was good. But then you're like, okay, now I've got to go on the next thing because I've got something coming up, and we've got to move on, and we've got to do this. And you know what happens? With enough of that, you start to forget how good God actually is. You start to forget what God actually did through you or with you or despite you in the world, and you forget the goodness of God. Not because he stopped being good, but because we haven't stopped and contemplated and rested in his goodness. And we've forgotten it. Because we haven't made space to remember it, to dwell on it, to meditate on it, to join him in that and celebrate with him, oh, this is what you, you have done. Wow, this, this is good. And so I think we need ways to do that. So, you know, sometimes when we've heard this, I mean, depending on who you're talking to, they talk about, okay, you got to rest. So some people are like, okay, you can't, like, do anything. Like, you just got to, like, sit there and, like, do nothing. Like, okay, I don't know if that's very, I mean, to me, I don't know if that's going to be restful, especially to my wife, that would not be restful. Um, right? But if we think about this as like, no, how are you dwelling on, resting in, making space to appreciate the goodness of the Lord? Then it's not about the activities itself. It's about how are you making room for that? So since I already said like, hey, this is something I'm like, hey, I'm not great at this. It's easy for me just to keep moving on. I realize that one of the ways for me that's helpful is to be out in nature. Now, part of that is I just kind of like nature. But part of that for me is, you know, sometimes I don't feel good. I don't feel like God's been doing anything good in my life in that last week. And I'm just like, man, I, if I just sit here and like sit in my silent room and I'm like, okay, God, how have you been good this week? I'm going to come up with nothing. I'm going to be like, I, I, don't get, I don't get it. I don't see it. But for me, I get out in nature and I'm seeing the beauty of the creation and I'm just like, wow, this is cool. Like, this is good. 
And so even when I'm like, I can't see this, I can see, okay, well, your goodness is on display. Like, I can see it here in what you've made. And even if I don't feel good in any way, that helps me to remember, all right, God, you, you, you are good. I also like food, so my wife and I sometimes we go to the Occoquan River or Occoquan, whichever way you say that, and we have paddle boards, and we'll do some paddle boarding. It's fun. And then there's an awesome pizza place there, and we'll just sit there, and we'll eat pizza, and I'll look out, and I'm just like, good food, a good view. I'm like, it's harder to feel sad at that moment, you know? Like, there's just some goodness there. And so for me, that's a, that's a rhythm for me that helps me stop and rest and dwell in God's goodness. But we're all made differently. We're all wired differently. There's not one way to do this. The question is, how are you stopping and joining God in celebrating his goodness on a regular weekly basis? Because I can tell you, when you do it, it brings joy. It brings refreshing. It brings healing. It brings peace. It brings a restoration to your soul that other things do not. But as his image bearers, he has invited us into this process with him and says, I want to celebrate with you. I want to remember with you all the good things that we've done together. And give you time and space for that. So this is kind of how I view it. And we'll kind of end with this story. So we're, we're about a month away from Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, um, maybe you like it, maybe you don't. Um, I actually prefer other kinds of foods at Thanksgiving, but that's okay. Um, Thanksgiving usually looks like this, though, right? Uh, especially if you're trying to cook for a big group of people and you're like, I've got one oven. Um, this is usually what happens. It's like a weak affair, right? It's like, okay, you've got to get all your ingredients. You've got to figure out that plan. Then you've got to actually like make a plan for like, okay, which things can I cook early that I could then maybe heat or are going to be cold? You know, like you cook the pie and then you put the pie in the fridge, that kind of stuff, right? So I know in my house sometimes it's like this. We have like a week like schedule, for the whole week, it's like, okay, this thing has to be bought, this thing has to be cooked, this thing has to go in the oven, this thing has to be cooked in the frying pan, and they have, it's like this whole, like, and the thing is, if something goes late, you're like, oh, no, now the whole schedule's off. Like, this is a big deal, right? So we've got to figure this out. So we're working on this whole thing, right? And it takes multiple days, multiple days of slaving over all this food, but nobody mad, nobody's upset about it, right? We're all like, yeah, we're married, because you know what? We're looking forward to when we get to eat it. And then what happens on actually Thanksgiving Day is you've made all these things. You've worked for days on all this food, and then you stop, and you go, now we get to eat. And everybody's there, and you're like inviting everybody together, and you're like, let's enjoy all this good food. And you dig in, and you enjoy, and for the, usually the rest of that time, you're like, I'm not doing anything else. I'm just enjoying the goodness of the food in front of me. See, when I think of being made in God's image in this way, I think that's a better picture for work and rest. God's inviting us to make that Thanksgiving dinner with him. And then he's inviting us to eat it and enjoy it. When's the last time you actually sat down to eat that meal with the Lord? When's the last time you really took the time to rest in his goodness of all that he's done around you, in you, through you. Because he's waiting. Every week he's waiting. He's ready. He's at that table. He's like, come on. 
Let's eat together. Let's enjoy what we just worked on. I think for many of us every week, we're just like, yeah, I'm just going to make another meal. And we miss out on a moment with our God. This is really important to him. That's why he gets all those verses in the Ten Commandments. But I think it's really important to him because he wants to be with us. But he also knows our hearts need this. We need to stop and rest in his goodness and enjoy his presence together. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to open the top in prayer, and then I'm just going to give us like just a minute or so just to think where you are. How has God been good to you lately? Pause and think about that. Remember, just in silence where you at, celebrate it with him. We'll just make that time. So I want to pray, and then we'll we'll have a time of silence, and then the worship team will kind of lead us into a song or whatever we got next. Um, Jesus, we we just come before you. We thank you that you are a God who longs to be with us that you made us in your image. We thank you that you are a God who's invited us not just to slave away and work to survive or work to find meaning, but that you're a God who's invited us to shape the world, to bring forth more of your presence and your goodness into reality. So God, we thank you that you don't just want to work us like a slave master, but that you desire every week at least every week, to stop and enjoy the goodness of the Lord. Enjoy what we've made together. Enjoy what you have done. God, we just confess that sometimes we're horrible at both these things. And right now, God, we just ask, would you bring to mind how you've been good? Would you bring to mind the ways in which we, through your empowerment of your spirit, have helped shape the world and bring goodness into the world? Even this past week, would you bring it to mind? God, would you help us to be people who rest in your goodness? So I just invite you, just take a moment, just a minute, and just think, how has the Lord been good?
letter to the church in Ephesus, the Apostle Paul reminds us of our identity as God's creation and as new creations in Christ. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we will keep praying together. Um, and as we do, I will close each part of the prayer by saying, God, we are your handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And you can follow by saying, give us grace to do the good works you prepared in advance for us to do. Let's pray. God, we are your handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Creator God, we continue to be amazed at all of your creation and wonder how we of all things created were made to image you. We have been fearfully and wonderfully made and you know us each by name. At times, it is beyond our comprehension that one who created all things would know each of us so intimately. We are so thankful to be yours. God, we are your handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. We want to imitate and show your character. We want to work and rest. We are thankful that you want our work and our energy and time and love to produce something good. We are thankful that you have made us significant in this world. Whatever our work, whatever our pay, whatever our grades or resumes, we are thankful for the dignity and worth of what we do and try to do. Thank you for our abilities and skills and passions. Thank you for these gifts you give us. God, we are your handiwork.
created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Forgive us, Lord, when we work solely for our own selfish gain and not the good of others. We confess that we fall into the temptation of working for people to praise us, feeding our insecurities, and keeping people unaware of you. We hear you that we have been saved by grace and that all we have is a gift from you, purposed for the good work you've prepared in advance for us to do. God, we are your handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. We pray for our communities, our friends, our families, our workplaces, our neighborhoods, that we would extend the blessings you've given us to others, and that we too would learn how to receive your blessings from others. We pray that our work to alleviate poverty, curb violence, seek justice, educate, heal, build, and restore would be effective for the good of all. Bless our partners who are doing these good works all around the world. We lift up a prayer for the violent conflict between Israel and Palestine. We pray for vulnerable people, the civilians who are not a part of the decision to go to war, but who must now live and die in the consequences of it. We pray for your supernatural protection and peace in war zones. We pray for reconciliation and justice. And we pray that all peoples would be drawn to you, the creator of all good things. God, we are your handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And finally, help us to do all these things in community with the strength and the joy that comes with living this life of faith in you together. Grant us humility, gentleness, patience, and generosity, we long to participate together with some people and many people in the joy and love that are in a life with you. God, we are your handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And give us grace to rest. We remember, Jesus, you have said, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Lord, we find our rest in you. And all of this we pray in your son's name. Amen. continue to worship the Lord. I will continue in uh, communion. In a moment, we'll read uh, the Apostles' Creed, which just kind of summarizes what this is. Um, actually, we'll read that first. Let's go ahead. So we'll read this together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, 
was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As we come to the table uh, this morning, and there's some up in the back and there's some in the front, um, I just want to invite you to come in a way that rests into the goodness of God. This is the ultimate display of his goodness, his life for ours. Um, and we can enjoy that. We can celebrate that. We can worship him in that and remember all that he has done. And so on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. And he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant. It's my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Every time you do these things, you proclaim my death until I come. We rejoice in it. We celebrate in it the sacrifice of Christ. And so for all those who have made, uh, decided to follow Jesus, we welcome you uh, to come and partake and to rest in his goodness. Remember all that he's done for you this morning and enjoy who he is. Um, and so let me just pray for us. Jesus, we just come to you now. We thank you for your gift. We thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for your life. We thank you for your resurrection. We thank you for how you lavish your love on us. And we thank you with this symbol that we can never forget all that you've done and that you continue to do for us. God, as we come today, would you help us to remember your goodness? Help us to celebrate your goodness in fresh ways this morning. As you feel that, please come forward and take me.
as you work and shape the world with the Lord, as you rest in his goodness this week, could you receive these words? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Go in the goodness of the Lord. Amen.